A newly published report finds that voting machines used during the most secure election in American history were actually pretty vulnerable to hacking, a conclusion that no one is even disagreeing with. This is the Propaganda Report's Drive Time News Blast. I am Brad Binkley. This report and the way those who love to call people election deniers all the time, the way they're reacting to it, it's truly extraordinary. And who better to help us understand it and talk about it with us than the godfather of election integrity, Voter GA's Garland Favrito. Garland, welcome back to the show. Thanks for being here. Tell us about this this report. Well, it was pretty damning, Brad. Uh, the Halderman it, Report, I should say. Yeah, That's the name the, of it, right? The Halderman okay. Security Analysis. It's on the VoterGA.org uh, Studies tab. You can go up there and read it. It's 96 pages. And basically, um, it confirms what we've been saying for years, but it goes in even to more detail uh, and goes into areas that even we had not considered about how uh, the elections could be manipulated with the existing Georgia uh, Dominion voting system. So, and, and in what ways are, are can it be manipulated, according to the report? Yeah, so I'm kind of feeling vindicated about all this. I bet you are. Uh, You've been saying this. I'm reading this thing, and I'm going, this is what Garland has been telling us for four years. It's like what he told Raffensperger before they even did the election when they brought in the Dominion machines. Well, that's true. That's true. And there are so many areas. Basically, he goes through uh, point by point a variety of ways to hack the system um, uh, simply by either attacking the printer uh, or the ballot marking device. He showed how he could change votes. Um, and also he attacked and created forged uh, voter cards, forged technician cards that gave him access to everything, um, and um, forged poll worker cards, which gave him also additional access. But probably the single thing that I, uh, uh, there, there's several different takeaways here, but one of the ways in which he hacked that we are uh, the most concerned about that he mentioned is that the, the uh, hacking the election definition file. Uh, and that is the election definition file comes from the state to the counties. And that is where the most damage can be done, because if the uh, the election uh, definition file is not secure and correct from the Secretary of State's office, and if it has malware on it, that malware can be distributed and would be distributed to every county for every election, and then it would also be distributed to every ballot marking device and every scanner in the state of Georgia for every election. So uh, that is the uh, area which we have been most concerned about, more so than just hacking a single ballot marking device. But he uh, corroborated that um, very, uh, very well uh, in his uh, in his findings. And. So that count. So the whole widespread voter fraud, which they always throw widespread in there, is never was never the claim. This was the claim that it could be done in smaller ways, spread out. That's not obvious. That someone who is skilled and has uh, a reason to hack would approach it. And I love the way that Brad Raffensperger and others have responded to this report. Of course, there was a competing report that was released at the same time. What, what was that? That one was paid for by yeah. Dominion. That, that one was called the MITRE report. Uh, it was paid for by Dominion, hardly a, uh, a non-interested party. Uh, and uh, not only that, uh, in addition to being paid for by the the the, the analysis did not, they did not have access to any of the voting system, so they created this security analysis about the voting system without ever actually touching it. Uh, hardly hardly a way to uh, you know do, perform a security analysis. But the premise of that one uh, basically was that. Physical controls are already in place. You don't have to worry about it. So they just kind of brushed, brushed off the whole thing. And uh, they've already uh, been hit with a letter to the president by 29 computer experts who claim that uh, it is so bad, the report is so bad, it's so discredited that uh, they're asking the president or Mitre to retract it. 
Right, and I have to ask you this question: This this Mitra, this with this corporation, they, I, is that? I think I think it's called Miter. Miter. So yeah. they the report that they put out was called National Security Election or National Election Security Lab uh, is a project uh, that ran through that project. What I want to know is why are these companies that put out reports like this to silence findings like this this other report? Why are they always located their headquarters directly next to the CIA every single time? <laughs> Now that I didn't realize, you you yeah. must have, you must have picked up on that. Yeah, that's one of the first things I look okay. for is how close is their headquarters to the CIA over there at Langley, and this one's right down the street from it, wow. just like all these other NGOs. Up there in Northern Virginia, very interesting. Right, they have two. They have one up there by MIT where they were founded, and then the other, oh. of course, they got to open up a CIA oh. uh, location there too. In and, Langley, in Langley, right. Virginia. Right. So Raffensperger released. I, I had the slides. You want me to put the slides up on screen? Uh Sure, whatever, whatever you want to do. All uh-huh. right. So Raffensperger put out a statement in, in response, and he he didn't dismiss. He didn't say that the claims weren't true that the Halderman report found. He said that those what they found and what this other report found, the the fake one from Dominion, only proves how secure the elections are and were in Georgia because the circumstances which the voter abilities would arise would only occur if it was if the machines were in a lab for six months and you had total access to everything, which sounds like a load of BS to me. But what would your response to be to that claim? Uh, my response would be you're correct. It's a load of BS. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what the MITRE report c- concluded was that it was oper- I think they used operationally infeasible or something to that fact. So basically, the whole premise of this report is that. All, all of the precise uh, physical access controls are in place, and therefore those alone would prevent anything from happening. Well, of course, with any hack, uh, the uh, whoever the hacker has has penetrated the normal physical access controls, or they wouldn't have been able to hack. So the whole premise of the story is 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 completely backwards. The premise of the report. Yeah, and that's what is uh, basically caught the ear of so many uh, computer experts around the country, uh, who've basically had computer science uh, experts, cybersecurity uh, academic professors, and so on, and they they've all come together and to uh, discredit that report. Uh, but it's kind of uh, uh, crazy that the Secretary of State uh, is hanging its hat on this report. But here's the craziest thing. He says that the elections are secure, but at the same time, he is incre- fighting the very thing that would make them secure, and that is the transparent access to ballots, which can prove that the results are correct. So this, this is one of the most hypocritical things I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, it's a total uh, yeah. hypocrisy. And they've, uh, they've assured us they won't be updating machines before 2024. They're going to leave them as is and vulnerable. Yeah. So uh, what is interesting about the Halderman's report is that he has said uh, the conclusion, which was on, right on the last couple of pages, he says that the system was never designed for security, uh, which is a clear, clearly true. They wouldn't have had a QR uh, code on it if they did on the ballots. But the uh, system was never never designed to secure, and it cannot be retrofitted for security. Uh, so basically, what um, Halderman is saying is that n- no patch is really going to solve the problem. And what we actually need to do, uh, although he doesn't come right out and say this, is to simply make the ballots public record. And then you don't have to worry about what version of the software that you're running uh, you just you just make the ballots public record, and whatever version you're running, you'll be able to detect uh, not only counterfeits, but to ensure that the voting system calculated correctly, which is everyone's concern. Uh, so, so the bottom line is it can't be fixed. Uh, so, uh, I and in some ways, I can go. I go along with the fact that not much of point in patching it if it can't be fixed anyway. Let's just get rid of it all together right now and conduct a, a safe, honest election on how my paper ballots hand, ca- hand counted in the precincts. Right. Which I think is exactly what the motivation for Raffensperger to keep using these Dominion machines is because it provided the outcome that they wanted last time. <laughs> Clearly. Uh, yes. 
Yes, and you know, we're still disputing that with the case uh, where we have challenged that outcome back all the way back in the primary of 2024, and we have yet to go to court on that. Oh, wow. So there are still court challenges in, in the process that you've been working on for a long time, despite the fact that every news network, the establishment network, left and right, Fox now also, ensures everybody that it is the most secure election in American history. I don't know if you saw Trump's after his arraignment speech the other day. And during that speech, all of the networks had their strategies for preventing people from hearing the whole thing and fact checking him in real time, so to speak. And I saw one in particular. I'm going to put your slides up after I wanted to show you this. Just, I just thought yeah. this was hilarious. That, that oh. one is priceless. Yeah. The one where they. Um, so PBS was putting real time fact checks, uh, text in the lower third on the screen. And here's an image of one of them where when Trump started talking about the election, PBS puts on screen the 2020 election was the most secure in American history and they put most the most secure in American history in quotes. Like, who are they quoting? Who said that they're quoting? And then they said, according to federal election officials, unnamed, of course, this is just an assertion that could never be proven, even if there was a basis to it. That is just state sanctioned propaganda that just every people accept nowadays. Well, PBS is a state sanctioned news organization. So uh, your tax dollars went for that. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, yeah, I, that's the greatest lie that I can think of that's been told in my lifetime of a government saying that uh, the 2020 election was the most secure election. And Georgia, it was the most fraudulent election ever conducted, uh, at, at least in my lifetime. And um, it, it's it, it, that's same the same fingerprints. And hallmarks that happened in Georgia happened in all the battleground states, Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and Arizona, uh, as well as Nevada. So, uh, you know, that's that's just uh, patently uh, absurd. It's so absurd, it's insulting. It is. But what, what's really, but and in one way it's humorous because they think people are actually going to believe it if they put it up there. That's, that, the, see, yeah. that's the humorous part about it. And I, I wonder, have you, I've seen obviously on Twitter because people repeat the indivisible activist talking points they get and stuff like that. But have you ever actually heard someone in real life say the 2020 election was the most secure in American history and believe it? No, I never have. Oh, I, I just hear it on these TV from these talking heads, you know. Yeah. So they even had Brett Baer interviewing Trump. And Brett Baer, who they put him, he's the even keel Fox guy, the most seemingly trustworthy one. He's pushing back on the 2020 election claims. You're right. This is one of the biggest lies of uh, of our lifetimes. And I, it does it. I, I thought you'd be vindicated with this report coming out. And I wonder if the tide is going to turn a little bit and some of this stuff is going to come to light. Do you have a, a feeling that it might? Well, it certainly has made Secretary of State's office incredibly nervous. Secretary of State has hired a, no, a new public relations guy uh, <laughs> to try to uh, cover up all this mess. And, <laughs> and, and he wrote a letter. That's at, that's at our taxpayer expense, Brad. Yeah. Uh, and then he wrote a letter to the elections officials uh, yesterday, and uh, which we are actually refuting. Literally, I was finishing up as we called sent you a link to it, and uh, also to the General Assembly, and he's trying to convince them that the elections are secure, which is uh, a farce. We actually did a voter GA fact check on that, uh, which maybe you can show a little bit later. Yeah, yeah. I think you'll get a kick out. That'll be that'll be a propaganda report first, uh, exclusive. Yeah, let's, yeah, let's get that. Is that what this is right here? Uh, that's the letter, yeah, that we just wrote to, to refute them. And in that letter, uh, which we haven't literally haven't even mailed yet, I'm just in the process of mailing it right now. But uh, there is a fact check which we we produced, and if you click on that voter J fact check in the first paragraph, uh, okay. you can you can see uh, second paragraph. Excuse me, there is the fact check. So we found 15 false statements in his uh, letter, uh, ranging from mostly false to pants on fire lying. Uh, and we categorized each one. We thought we would do what some of the other fact checkers do and uh, turn the tables on them. Uh, so that's what we uh, came up with 
uh, and have just just published that. And that's right there with the Halderman Report uh, on the VoterGA.org Studies tab. That's fantastic. Uh, so VoterGA, you guys have a lot of little cheat sheets like this because this stuff is complicated. I think it's complicated on purpose to make it hard for people to, to you know, s- stay with it. And they overwhelm us with information. You guys always have these nice cheat sheets that you can I, – I keep, I keep some of them in my car in case I run into my liberal friends at, at the theater or something like that. I'm like, hold on. Let me go get the VoterGA cheat sheet so I can refute all of this nonsense that you're saying. This is fantastic. Well, well, right. Yeah, we do have a lot of things. We even have one out there for the other states that's up on the homepage when they keep claiming there was no election fraud. We were able to spend a little bit of time and document the fraud that occurred in other states as well, uh, as well as Georgia. So it's been subjected to repeated audits. That's a claim I hear. I do hear people say that that one a lot. And you have the actual fact of the voting system is subject to only one audit every two years. Yeah. Yeah. Only uh, only two races. Uh, have been mandatory, uh, mandatorily audited, uh, one in 2020 and one in 2022. Uh, and, you know, and the, you know, that's hardly, I don't know, I guess technically that meets the definition of repeated audit. You know, it did repeat once. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I guess we had to give him, we, we couldn't give him pants on fire on that. Right. One. So, yeah, so te- by the te- actual language, definitionally, it did get repeated that one time. Yeah. So. For in the history of the machine. So, it's it's just uh, oh my gosh it's it's so I love distorted. That it's putting money into the public relations campaign into actually investigating and and you know uh, pulling the layer back like you're doing and showing the actual truth. Public relations that term was created by Edward Bernays because when they put on a widespread one of the first organized. Uh, mass scale propaganda campaigns that helped get us into World War One. Bra- Edward Bernays brags about it in all of his books. It tainted the word propaganda, which he viewed as a really great word. So after the war, so they could continue those actions, he wrote an intro in his book about this. He started calling it public relations. That's fascinating. Uh, I, and that was right at that very same t- period, time of period where um, J.P. Morgan uh, Jr. bought up the 25 largest news organizations in the country and installed his own editors in order to get us into that war because he was holding the munition contracts for both France and England, uh, as well as, I think, some steel contracts and shipbuilding as well. That's that's fascinating, the the control mechanisms they, they put into place. And I, I like that we can break it down and and, and reveal the, the manipulation going on. I think exposing that, it it wakes people up to it. I know it woke me up to it. Let me ask you this about the Halderman uh, report. How did he get access to the machine? Well, um, Halderman got access through the Curling v. Raffensperger lawsuit. He was an expert with... Um, an expert witness for the curling plaintiffs in that lawsuit. He's made several uh, declarations uh, for that lawsuit, as have other experts as well. He's not the only one. I think Dr. Philip Stark had a couple and uh, several more folks. Um, so um, anyway, that's how he got access. He it was court-authorized access to look at the machines. His scope was only the ballot-marking device. Had the scope been the scanners, he would have come up with equally as devastating results for them, which would show you we shouldn't be using those either. So, um, but this was limited to BMDs, but he did mention the scanners and a couple of flaws in there, even though that was not his, uh, his, his focus for the report. So there's a couple comments and questions I'm seeing in the chats here. Well, Denver Attaway says in Fulton County, we have the footage of them stuffing the ballot boxes, which that's something I actually saw in the news this week, which shortly after this report came out, there was, I can't remember who exactly it was in Fulton County that just declared there's no fraud. And they actually asked for there to be an apology, an official apology to the women that were on camera, I think, stuffing the ballots. I don't know if you saw this in the AJC. Oh, yeah. So uh, Edward Lindsay from the State Election Board uh, requested that a letter be drafted to the board, from the board, excuse me, to the letters, uh, offering their condolences uh, for what happened. It's just, I'm just, this is an amazing cover-up that continues to go here. Uh, but uh, I heard that that happened just yesterday, I believe. 
Right, just yesterday, and there's no doubt the timing is is uh, was done for, for this. Like, they're trying to flood, they put the other report out, now they put that story out, trying to bury this. I haven't seen any mainstream network talk about this. Has this gotten any coverage besides, I know you've been on with Bannon and uh, a few other shows. Um, yeah, I'm not aware of the Haldeman Report getting any coverage in the lamestream media. Uh, that's why they are the lamestream media. Absolutely. So uh, uh, it, it should it should be a national story, um, but it's not. Uh, they're actively censoring people who talk about the 2020 election and the issues, and yet this comes out. Fox News just paid what 720 million in a uh, a deal, which I think they did that on purpose. I think they did that on purpose because they would actually win if they went to. Uh, trial and the def- there's no defamation there clearly because this report I think is enough to prove there's no defamation there when you see that there were actual problems with the voting machines well well so that's an interesting case so so what uh, I'm kind of fascinated by that too so what Dominion actually sued was that some of the guests on Fox News had had implicated Dominion as a company in the rigging of the 2020 election. So they had sued Fox News for that, not necessarily that their machines are vulnerable. I mean, they've even acknowledged that to some degree, at least the president admits that you have to have uh, full uh, audits in order to ensure that the election results are correct. So, um, so yeah, I mean, and that's, a, that's truthful. So they, they claim, that's what's really fascinating about that. Uh, one is the burden of proof was tr- was just overwhelming for Dominion to prove their case. But even if they did, the entire value of that company was only 50 to 80 million. So why would Fox News uh, give them 780 million dollars or whatever the number was, 787 something? Uh, that just makes no sense. There's something really, really sinister there that we don't know about. And then suddenly the next day uh, or two days later, three, two or three days later, uh, Fox News uh, gets rid of uh, Tucker Carlson. And the insiders there claim that that was related to the Dominion suit and part of the settlement uh, that uh, Dominion asked for. And then one of their agents was uh, who was representing them was a former uh, Joe Biden um, official. So right. this whole thing is really, really suspect. I don't, we don't, I don't know if we'll know what actually happened there, but I, well, I have a theory about what happened there. No. So I think that that has been in the works for a long time. I think that they have been slowly trying to whittle Fox down into the the complete, completely controlled opposition that we've always known that they are, uh-huh. which meant that they had to get all talk of the of stopping aid to Ukraine and questioning the 2020 election off of their network. Because say we fast forward a year from now and this war with Ukraine and Russia is still going on, and perhaps we actually have troops on the ground and maybe we've even uh, officially declared some sort of uh, uh, war. Would would it ever be a situation if that were going on where you could question all the aid that we're sending to Ukraine? Absolutely not. They have to give the presentation of complete unity. And to do that, they had to whittle all this stuff away with people questioning uh, Biden in 2020 and talk of why are we helping Ukraine? So I, I think I mean, there's other angles they're 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 doing their two other agendas. But I think that that was in the works for a long time. And I think they want to just completely separate People who question the vaccine, people who question the election into one group as a crazy conspiracy nuts. And then all of the acceptable Republicans and Democrats into the the other category. They even did this to RFK Jr., which I, I do have questions about him as well. But RFK Jr., Jake, Jake Tapper on CNN was talking about how RFK Jr. was a kook spreading all these vaccine conspiracies. And then he goes, Andy also, you might not know, uh, has engaged in election denialism. And then he referenced like something he did back in 2008. I'm like, oh, so now they're roping RFK Jr. into the whole election denialism narrative because they want to clump all these people together. Oh, my gosh, that is funny. Well, well, you know what um, actually corroborates your theory is the fact that the first story that Tucker Carlson put out had to do with Ukraine uh, and uh, the the war there. So, um, uh, well, I was at the second story. I've lost. I got my stories mixed up, but but he certainly has. That's what it looks like to me. 
Yeah, I say so, yeah. He's doing this thing on Twitter now. It's it's just interesting the way it's changing as, as and related to this conflict. I think it's all part of the Great Reset, but we could talk about that sure. all day, uh, another day. I, I want to look at some of these slides. I, I, I want to see if, get some more detail. You, you put all this work in, and I, I want to show it off to people because this report blows my mind. It's like, I mean, is it over hundred pages? I think it's like 90 pages. Yeah, 96 pages is the is length of the report. So let's give people the condensed version here. And yeah. Um, yeah, there's about um, 20 or so slides here. I don't, if, I don't know if you want to walk through all of them, but we can kind of scroll them. First, yeah, we can scroll through. Through, um, and we'll hit, hit a few highlights. Um, so uh, basically, that's the report, and uh, it's called Security Analysis. Um, of uh, of Georgia's image cast X ballot marking devices. So um, that's the Dominion image cast X is the name of the of the ballot marking device, and that's what it's on. And the, and the history. This was I think we already talked a little bit about this. Um, the history is that this came out of the Curling v. Ravensburger case, and that case Judge Totenberg already found that the old system was unconstitutional. She found that in two thousand nine. Uh, nine, I'm sorry, 19, and confirmed what we had said back in 2002. I said that it's probably unconstitutional. I actually wrote a letter to the Assistant Secretary of State about that, um, and uh, as well as the evaluators. And uh, so she finally confirmed that. Then Ra uh, Ravensburger bought the uh, the new system, and he went out and um, uh, you know it, it basically ignored us. We, we told him not to buy a QR coded system, but the the judge found that that system violates two Georgia statutes in 2020. And she found his office was not credible in 2019. And you told us those those QR codes, one of the first times you came on the show on WSB to talk about this. You, yeah. you said that those were vulnerable. And that's one of the things identified that, that could be manipulated in the report. You're exactly right. Five, yeah. six years ago. Yeah. Well, it's it's if you've been in the computer business, it's, it's kind of those are kind of no brainers. But. <laughs> So uh, Dr. Haldeman is a, a, a Michigan uh, computer science and engineering professor. Uh, he's been very well known in the movement for years. And uh, as we said, he was an expert witness. He, he's made a bunch of declarations. But here's the thing that you may not know about him. He was participating in the team when he was a student at Princeton University back in 2006. He was on the team for Dr. Ed Feldman there, and uh, Professor Fel Feldman, Felton, excuse me, actually hacked the, our old D-ball voting system before the Committee on House Administration back in 2006, and that video is still up on YouTube. What's in, I find it fascinating that YouTube leaves that one up, uh, but yet they pull, it, pull down so, so much other stuff. Yeah, they had recently said they were going to allow talk of the 2020 election being questioned again on YouTube, which was a bit perplexing to me. Did, did you hear that, how they were going to pull back on some of the restrictions on that? Yeah, a little bit too late uh, for us. <laughs> right, uh, yeah. So it's like now we admitted it. Uh, so the key things on this slide is that um, – so he finds that the ICX suffers from critical vulnerabilities that can be exploited to subvert – all of its security mechanisms. So they, he can, he can basically he's saying that he can subvert all the security mechanisms. And then in the last one, he says that the, uh, once he gets the malware on there, it can alter voters' votes while subverting all of the procedural protections practiced by the state as well. So. It's completely vulnerable and hackable and manipulatable by someone who has the resources and desire to do it. It's in the rebuttal to this where it's like, oh, that would never happen because we're just doing things right. It, it just acts as though somebody's going to go vote and they just, oh, maybe I'll try and uh, interfere with the election as kind of something they just didn't think about when they've been telling us for years that there's these organized campaigns to try and hack the election from, they say, Russia, Iran, China. I think that they would be motivated enough to get into a system like this. Yeah, exactly. And he, he mentions that he can alter the QR codes, as you've already talked about, or he can, he can alter the, um, and the um, technician, poll worker, and voter cards, what we call the smart cards. Now, that, those are two ways. And he also can alter the printer. 
he, he showed an attack of the ballot marking device printer. He went after that as well. Is there anything that's that's called smart something that is not hackable? <laughs> not that I know of. Uh, and then, so it, now he goes on to in Georgia. He says that the software update that Georgia installed in October 2020 left Georgia's BMDs in a state where anyone can install malware with only brief physical access to the machines. Uh, and he says that that can be exploited even in the polling place by non-technical voters. Jeez. So you don't even have to be sophisticated to to do it, it yeah. sounds like. Um, so, and this is the one that I think is most interesting we kind of talked about. So um, he says, you know, he demonstrates that the attackers can execute arbitrary code with supervisory pr- privileges and they, by altering the election definition file. That, that's the one that the counties use for each election that comes from the state, and that attackers could sp- exploit this to spread malware to all the BMDs across the county or the entire state. And this is this is what our greatest concern has always been. The system was vulnerable for this. This, the, uh, this goes back to that 2017 when they had the security breach at the Center for Election Systems uh, in Kennesaw State. And they found that that system was wide open for anyone in the entire world to hack, put malware on without detection. And they had a bug in the Drupal web content development system called Drupal-Geddon, which is a takeoff on Armageddon as to indicate how bad that really was. That's another thing that you've been talking about for years that this is vindication of. You know, it dawned on me while you're going through that what they might try and do by not updating the elections or the, or the machines that they're making a, a big thing about. We're not, we're going to use the 2024, the ones from 2020 and 2024, because it would be too, too much of a problem to update the machines. Raffensperger said, say Trump wins Georgia, Georgia's a critical state. They just blame the machines. They say, Oh, well, I guess they were vulnerable. And Raffensperger should have updated them and the election got hacked. Well, exactly. Uh, no matter who wins, the other side is going to claim that the election was hacked unless the ballots are public record and we can see them. Once we can see those, then there's no dispute about who won the election because you can physically count the ballots. Absolutely. And I understand that you have put a challenge on the table. Well, right. Uh, Brad Raffensperger um, challenged Donald Trump to a bait, and he wanted to go to California, like the Reagan Library, to debate him out there. Of course, uh, he has to get out of Georgia uh, because he would be swamped uh, here in Georgia by people who know uh, that the truth about the Georgia election. So uh, thanks to Georgia Record, they agreed to sponsor a debate. And I, I agreed to, be the, to debate Ravensburger, and we've put this out there uh, and uh, for him to accept, and we can have a debate. I hope it would also include, uh, you know, questions and answers from the audience. Let the audience also have a little bit of a part of it, like they do in some debates. Uh, but uh, I would be love to debate the opportunity to. He wants to use his ten-page letter that he wrote to the General Assembly and to Congress. Uh, and I will love to debate him on that letter because that's the one that we've exposed that has 42 lies and 10 pages. So I'm anxious to for him to accept that. I, I doubt seriously if he will. Uh, he he probably would be crazy to do that. But um, yeah. it, it's out there for him, and I'm hope, ha- glad to take him up on that at almost any time that's convenient for him. I would love to see that. Has there been any reaction to that? from his office? I think that the, the, it was actually just formally put, put given to him today. From I what wonder I'm if you're going to get the uh, same treatment that Joe Rogan's offer to have that vaccine doctor debate RFK Jr. where they say, no, no, we're, we're not going to engage that wild conspiracy theorist. We'll go talk about the science, but we're not going to give a platform to crazy conspiracy theories. Yeah, yeah. I, that's That sounds like a, 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 an answer that he might come up with he's he's insufferable to me so 
I see down here you have how to secure 2024 elections. You were at the, was it the Republican convention in Georgia a couple weekends ago? Yeah, we were out there. We were in full force in several different ways. First of all, we did have a booth there. Um, and uh, we did, I did have a, they gave me an hour and a half to make a presentation on how to secure the 2024 elections. And uh, which, by the way, was pretty extremely well received. And then um, later, uh, I guess it was the next day, they had the elections for and the election integrity advocates swept every position on the state GOP board. Uh, We have probably the most uh, election integrity conscious person in every position now. So uh, that was uh, quite an achievement. So. Uh, yeah, so we, it was a great. It was really a great day for election integrity. Uh, Trump, uh, Donald Trump, showed up and spoke as well, um, and uh, it was just uh, quite um, a stellar occasion. Very, very. Um, it, it makes you it makes everybody feel good. Like they're really, we're really doing it. Right. So you guys got people elected into those positions. Yeah, a lot of our voter GA people um, were placed on the board. Uh, we had. Um, uh, David Cross as a uh, second uh, vice chair. We had um, uh, Karen Jeffords as secretary. Susie Voss was assistant secretary. Uh, Brian Pritchett, one of our, uh, uh, who's given us so much airtime on his uh, BKP politics. He, he gave us, uh, he was elected first chair. And Josh McCoon has been very favorable uh, working with us as a chair, trying to get some legislative pass. So um, it was just a really thrilling day. I think every every position uh, we had, uh, you know, the, the strongest person win. And we even had some really good people uh, who unfortunately were in the race with our, you know, our folks as well. Um, you know, um, Brent Frost is, you know, has been very helpful to us as well as uh, Marcy McCarthy. She's been good. Uh, they, um, you know, so we just had, didn't have enough positions to go around for all the uh, advocates we have. That goes to show you the local level is is the best to when it comes to getting people in there who, who will do the right thing. It can be easy for people, I think, to get blackpilled when you look at national politics and just the circus that we see all the time. But you guys are doing real work on the local level, and it's fantastic. It's, you're making progress. I love it. Thanks. Thank so it, there's a question here about – I don't know. It's Denver Attaway says, is there any relation between Dominion Enterprises and Dominion Voting Machines software? That I'm not sure what Dominion Enterprises is. Are you familiar with them? Well, there is a Dominion uh, out of Virginia, which is uh, – and I'm not sure if it's Dominion Enterprises, but they they, they are essentially the um, – uh, they provide electricity throughout the state of Georgia uh, – uh, Virginia – and they're not related at all to Dominion Voting Systems. I don't know if that's Dominion Enterprises or not. Yeah, I think that is Norfolk, Virginia is what it looks like. And Wesley would uh, like to know your thoughts on how, you know, Kemp was Secretary of State for seven years before he was governor and uh, it, how it just says uh, how any election it can be enjoyed for the passing of time is suspect. I'm not sure. I think I might have... <laughs> Yeah, so Brian Kemp was actually, uh, most people don't know, but when the systems first came into Georgia in 2002, the old paperless system, which was as equally as bad as this one, if not worse, probably worse, but the old system, um, when they conducted the first election, there were huge upsets, and that was... Uh, Sonny Perdue beating Roy Barnes and uh, Saxby Chambers uh, winning the Senate seat from Max Cleland. Uh, huge upsets there. Uh, and at the same time, uh, by the way, all the other tickets, those were Republicans, all the other down-ballot races went to Democrats. So there's very a lot of suspicion in those two races. But at that same time, that was when Brian Kemp, the incumbent, uh, beat, uh, beat the incumbent to win a state Senate seat in Athens. Uh, So that was uh, really unexpected. But ever since Brian Kemp upset uh, that incumbent there for the state Senate seat in Athens, he has wanted uh, to be Secretary of State. 
which seems a bit ironic to me or maybe just coincidental. So, yeah, no, that's uh, definitely when, when you see how a lot of these like Soros and others put a lot of uh, money into trying to get their, their person elected as a secretary of state in the midterms. And there's obviously a position that they desire. It's like the, the communist always wanted the administrative positions that controlled things like uh, who votes and, and counting the votes. Yes. So I noticed that you, I don't think you saw this, but quite an honor, I say, you got a mention by Media Matters this past week. Did you know that? No, you, uh, this is a surprise. You mentioned this and I have not seen it, so I have no idea what Let this is. Let me show you. So Media Matters, most of you guys listening are probably familiar with it, but it's just a propaganda organization that I think one of Hillary Clinton's campaign people put together years ago, and all they do is hit pieces uh, constantly. <laughs> and Garland got a little bit of uh, treatment here. Garland and Rumble. Hold on a second. Here we go. It says on the headline here, Media Matters on Rumble, a QAnon-affiliated show dedicated to election misinformation, hosts election deniers from across the country. And the show they're talking about is one you've appeared on from Badlands Media called Why We Vote. And uh, we find you. So it features you down here. It gives a list of all the people, the election deniers who have appeared on the show. And it says Garland Favrito, a co-founder of Georgia Election Denial Organization, Voter GA, appeared on the show multiple times. Is Voter GA an election denial organization? I didn't realize. Well, no, we don't deny that an election occurred. We just deny that the results were accurate. And then they go on to criticize how you told people if you want to donate, go donate, which <laughs> it's a pretty weak hit. But I, I would be honored personally if I got a mention from them. So <laughs> you've made it. You've officially made it, Garland. Wow. Yeah. So what does that say? So it just as uh, if you guys want to. We support these people. Okay, yeah. So all, the only thing they criticize me for is asking for donations. That's it. Like, like, yeah. like that's not something that they do all the time. I don't know how many text messages I get. I got one. Not that they're associated with Joe, maybe directly. I don't know. But I, I got a text message from Joe Biden apparently on what was it Juneteenth, saying that he would like to have him and his wife, Jill, would like to have a private conversation with me about what I can do to help. And I'm thinking, I don't, I don't want to have any kind of private conversation with Joe and, and Jill about any money I'm going to give them. And then I get another one from Nancy Pelosi and then from Chuck Schumer. My, my email box is flooded with these people asking for money, and then they act like it's uh, out of character or wrong for an organization doing actual work to – you don't even put – you never put – give me donations at the beginning of anything that you do. I usually have to ask you to, to say that when we're doing the show because you're focused on doing the work and they act like that's something bad. These people are con artists. They're, they piss me off Garland so much. Uh, it, sometimes it's funny, but sometimes it just drives me crazy. I don't know about you. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, I noticed they actually uh, are upset with Brian Lupo for, for, for uh, Brian Lupo made the plea for me, as you can see there. Just kind of oh, right. yes. goes, <laughs> goes with what you're saying. I didn't even ask you. for it. So. How dare you do something like that? It's awful. That's, that is funny. So, Garland, what else is going on right now? How can people help you out? And anything else that you, you think people need to know right now? Wow. Uh, well, that's a, that's a great question. Yeah, but there's probably a couple of things. So, Brad Ravensburger. Um, if we could flip back to that letter, um, of course, uh, Brad, if you got it, uh, but even, even if you don't, uh, so he's trying to claim that the, um, elections are secure. And the irony of this whole thing is that while he's stating that the elections are secure, he is fighting, uh, the, uh, the, um, transparency of the ballots. So, which would prove that the elections are secure. So, at the same time, he is claiming that uh, uh, the elections are secure. He's preventing us from proving that they're secure. So, obviously, he's hiding. It's such a hypocritical thing. It's just totally hypocritical. Uh, but really, for secure elections, the most important thing we have to do is to make the ballots public record. Uh, there's a lot of things. Um, that uh, we can do. And um, in fact, if you've got a minute, um, Brad, if you could put that um, 
unplug, unseal, slide back up. Yeah, they, that uh, which was kind of the lead in, and that's this is our new campaign that we uh, announced at the um, Georgia State GOP convention. We've been working on this. We got new T-shirts that have the image of the security ballot on it. Uh, which slide so, is it? Uh, it's that very first slide that with the graphic on it um, uh, that you had up on the screen here just a minute ago. Uh, not in front of the one that says connect with us online. It was the, um, no, I'm sorry. It was on the other presentation that you had up. Uh, uh, the so, letter? Uh, no, it was the, you had a presentation for securing our elections. Oh, okay. I got you. Yeah. yeah. And, and uh, so that one, that one gives you the whole plan of what we want to do. So, um, oh yeah, that's it. That's the one. So this this is the, our plan that we announced um, on last Saturday, I guess it was, or a week ago. So we want to, there's, there's several things we want to do. We want to unplug Georgia. And um, I don't know if the folks can home can see this, but there's, there's several things we want to do. We want to we wanna use secure paper ballot, uh, secure paper ballots. That means security grade paper ballots. Uh, that are hand-marked and hand-counted at the precinct, hand-marked by the voters, hand-counted precincts. And then uh, uh, that will uh, basically uh, solve our, our machine problem. And the, you can cast those votes still in secret, just like you've always done. But they're hand-marked paper ballots, not marked by, by BMD. And uh, then uh, you, they're counted. And if you do all that, it'll actually decrease election costs. Uh, that's the benefit of doing that that way. There's, you know, there's it's much less, much cheaper because you don't have all the cost for logistics of maintenance and testing and lugging those machines around and certifying them all that. Then the next thing we want to do, which I think is the most important and the easiest thing to do, is simply unseal the ballots, make them uh, subject to open records requests, and that would enable us to detect counterfeits. And it would enable us to verify the election results. So this is kind of what I've been saying. This is very easy to do. It can get done before the uh, March presidential primary. There's already uh, one or two bills out there to do that uh, that are still alive and active. So if we did that, and then we uh, provided some additional chain of custody for those ballots, which there's also a bill ready to go on that one, that would go a long way to securing the 2020 for election. And what is then, the argument against it? What do they argue not to do this? How do they, what's their claim? There really is no really strong argument against it. They'll try to say that, um, well, it'll create too much work for the, um, uh, it'll confuse things before certification. But what we're actually proposing is that they, the ballots would be unsealed after immediately after certification, so they would never be sealed. And then if you wanted to, a copy of the ballots, you would have to pay for it as the requester. Uh, and any inspections would still be conducted with the uh, under the custody of the elections officials. So that removes all the arguments against it. And there really is no argument uh, once you've, once you've uh, put those three constraints on it. So... Um, that's uh, it's really interesting that we could not get that passed, even though we, had, we were able to defeat all the arguments against it. And then, right. right. Yeah. <laughs> and then, <laughs> yeah, then finally, it's unleashing transparency. We want to make all the processes, the files transparent, um, the um, users who are making updates. We want to know who they are. That's uh, not done yet now. That's crazy and a violation of, of decades of, of precedence in the computer business. Uh, but basically just have everything transparent, verifiable to the public, maybe with cameras or verifiable to credential uh, poll uh, workers, uh, poll uh, watchers. And that'll go a long way to solve um, all the problems and make uh, Georgia elections really secure. Absolutely. I don't see it's when you have an argument that you win every aspect of the argument. You're right. It's a little perplexing when uh, it's not accepted, but it seems to be getting more exposure. And uh, 
You know, great work, Garland. Uh, you guys, VoterGA.org is where you can find out more information about this and, and help out through your time or dollars if you want. And spread. I would say spread the word as well. Where can people yeah. find you, Garland? Yeah, so it's on VoterGA.org. We have all of the um, um, all of the uh, legal documents up there, all of our events, our things upcoming. You can always um, volunteer uh, and get more information uh, by being a volunteer. You can do that on our volunteer tab, or you can uh, just text the word truth to 404-777-0067. And that will get you, um, uh, you know, uh, access, you know, a couple, answer a couple of questions. You can get um, access to our calls and other things that we, that we do there. When is your next event? The next event, um, I, I will be um, um, going to Los Angeles to testify on behalf of John Eastman, who's they're trying to pull his bar license uh, for uh, claiming that there was fraud and errors in the 2020 uh, elections and trying to get uh, Vice, Vice President Pence to do something about that. So uh, they are after him big time. And uh, there's a lot of us going out there to testify that there really was fraud errors and, uh, and irregularities in the 2020 election. And uh, therefore, everything he did was justified. Yeah, they've been going after him hard. I've been reading that he's really sharp in the way he's been responding. He's calling them out on any inaccurate claim they make about him. It's important. I'm glad. Like That's cool you're doing that to the people who are fighting for this stuff to continue to fight for each other because I think far more people recognize what's going on than we realize. They just kind of bully people into silence, the spiral of silence they create with this media effect, making it seem as though their perspective and position is far bigger than it actually is. It's really in the minority. So the more people speak up, the more people will be willing to speak up and the more we will watch their empire crumble, their empire of lies, that is. Uh, yeah, I think it has to crumble down. I just don't, I don't you know, uh, the truth will eventually stand one way or another and the lies will crumble. And this one is, it's starting to crumble now. I mean, even YouTube is backing off. So that that tells you something since, as you know, they are yeah. uh, a CIA front. Absolutely. <laughs> the worst usually. But yeah, so thank you, Garland. Uh, you are a, you're a, a beacon of light through the darkness of propaganda. And uh, as I said, the godfather of voter integrity, as, as I've been calling you. So hopefully you like that name and, and it'll stick if you do. Trump will probably give you a better nickname. <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize I was in the mafia, but uh, I guess I'll do. <laughs> yes. All right, Garland. Thanks a lot, man. Thanks for joining me. Thank you guys for watching. I, there was a few technical difficulties. I don't know if you guys noticed it on the thing. It might have just been my computer. So hopefully I'm going to check it out afterwards, make sure everything went through uh, properly. But we will talk to you next time. Have a fantastic rest of your day.